0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Azure On Air. Today, in this episode, we have got an exciting person who is very knowledgeable in the field of Azure. So today, we have got Mustafa Taraman, who is an experienced principal architect with a demonstrated history of working in the Microsoft industry. And also he's skilled in cloud computing, Microsoft Azure, SQL Server, data migration, DevOps. And apart from this, he's also much interested in public speaking, which also gained him the MVP and he has sustained it since 2016. And he's also an author, which we will be talking about in this podcast as well. And today we have got Mustafa to talk about Azure Cloud Adoption Framework. So happy to have you on our show, Mustafa. Mustafa. Thank you.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, so Mustafa, uh, like when we were discussing priority broadcast, we just had a discussion about the um, topic, and in that case, you just gave me Azure CAF. And what is the reason that you gave me Azure CF? Because we would like to know what is Azure CF in the first place.
1: Well, um, cloud adoption framework itself came out of the need to give companies some guidelines how to approach cloud in the right way um, when we start discussing cloud uh, adoption framework we, we need to address the framework part first right because uh, what is the framework to begin with so basically when we look at the traditional frameworks in in, in IT, uh, they are basically a foundation uh something that gives you a solid structure solid ground to build upon right and it helps you to 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 have some structure around it and 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 and, and speed up your your processes right uh just look like traditional frameworks whatever it is from angular.net uh, ruby on rails it's basically uh uh there's a programming language in the background that uh, elevates certain structure of the framework and, and speeds up the process uh with cloud adoption framework we are trying to do the same why well basically a lot of companies started using cloud in some regard some services started moving their applications there and very soon it became chaotic right it, it came became uh, something that you don't have control over anymore and then the need for cloud adoption framework came out now the differences between the traditional framework when we compare it to the dotnet is basically that we don't get the finished framework out of the box uh, what cloud adoption framework uh, brings you is a set of guidelines that help you build your own cloud adoption framework and and Create your own foundation that you can build upon and use cloud in a in a good in a proper way.
0: Amazing. So um, when you said this, uh, I would also like to know uh, how does this implementation of cloud adoption framework work?
1: Well, um, as I said, this is very something very. When you look at it, it can look very vague because it it doesn't have. a a checklist that you say, okay, you do these 10 things, you have your own cloud adoption framework, you implement the cloud on your own. Compared to the traditional framework, this is more of something that you need to build for yourself. It's something that every organization needs to do on their own and figure out how they fit in this cloud bubble, how cloud should look for them. this is how this is maybe why it's very hard to to implement uh but it's also very important to have a a, a good and proper way I, I would like to take a step back and like just remember a couple of cloud situations i've encountered in the past very often people decided okay cloud is a new good shiny thing it's cool let's go to the cloud and then organization goes there and people start building stuff and very very soon uh it can happen that the bills are exceeding all the expectation you have no idea why are you getting those bills what are the services in there and it becomes a jungle so it becomes a problem from 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 the finops per- perspective that you don't have entire control of what you're spending and, and why are you spending uh, all that money to begin with the second part is that you don't have a proper insight in what is actually used and what are just the experiments or or leftovers for something from something and etc because especially in the industry turnover of people is, is incredible people join and leave companies all the time and if someone creates certain set of resources you're paying for it but It can happen very quickly that no one has an idea why those resources exist or are they in use. Are you free to remove them or is there something depending on them? So it's becoming a a chaotic environment that you have no governance, no control over. Uh, People are just building stuff, piling stuff up. Uh, Security becomes a problem, especially in today's world, like cybersecurity is is probably the topic number one in, in IT um and from this need we need some kind of structure on the ground as i mentioned before that we need to build up build so we can uh, have this control have this uh insight information about what is in there how it's used why it's used uh, and etc and it's very specific that there's no silver bullet that you can just say as i said These ten ten check. You have this checklist, ten bullet points. You do this, you're done. You you implemented it successfully. Every organization needs to figure on their own what are, what is their cloud journey and what is actually that they require from the cloud so they can build their own framework that's gonna be useful for them in the in the future. Because if you just try to adopt someone else's strategy, it will probably not fit you and. Uh, you will have essentially fail and then you will encounter all the problems you would have without platform to begin with. So it's very important to uh, have a, 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 a good idea of what you want to do and, and how to start with.
0: Okay. So, um, you just spoke about uh having the uh, migration uh, phase, right? People who are in the migration phase, who are planning to move into cloud, um, what is their take on this cloud adoption framework? Um, have you worked with people like that?
1: Absolutely, like most of the companies start with some kind of migration, right? So there are a couple of things. So I'm going to step out of the cloud adoption framework for a second when I'm discussing migration, because um, it doesn't necessarily have to be migration related. It obviously can, because cloud adoption framework gives you entire platform for the entire cloud. So it doesn't really matter if you're uh, uh, migrating things or uh, if you're developing cloud native applications that are born in the cloud. You should have a, a foundation that's gonna support both but obviously um, there's also a thing that cloud adoption framework evolves over time and basically you can start in one direction but you can adapt and change over time to something something else so if you're just focusing on migration you can start with cloud adoption framework part and focus on this particular uh, uh, capsule for for the time being and, and focus on what is required what do you need for for successful migration now speaking of migration itself i do have a couple of tips there Uh, the worst part of the migration the worst scenario for any migration that you do is to do a lift and shift because it it doesn't provide first of all it doesn't provide any value because if you want to leverage what cloud offers you want the good stuff you want the, the cool stuff you want uh, platform as a service services so that you don't have to deal with the updates and patching and everything else, but also platform as a service helps you with the scalability, uh, self healing, auto rest starts, all the cool stuff is, is, is there. So, you really want to focus on the more cloud native stuff and get most out of the cloud. Now, vir- vir- running virtual machines, as I said, lift and shift is the last option but still there are better and worse options in there as well if you do a lift and shift you basically collect all the garbage and all the issues that you had on-prem and move them to the cloud so you are end up with the same mess you had in your on-prem data center in the cloud if you are forced to use virtual machines and there's no other option because it is a scenario sometimes it's uh, it's Speed and time—that's uh, pressing you. you. You need to get out of data center very quickly. So you need—you don't have time to re- re-architecture everything, refactor applications, etc. Then it's still fine. You—you you can use a virtual machine as a first stepping stone, but you need to keep in mind that you need to go cloud-native uh, along the way. You—you—you you, you should not have that as a as a long-term solution. However. When you're moving a virtual machine, you should try to re-host. So basically that means creating a blank, uh, blank virtual machine in the cloud and then move what is actually required, move the applications and things that you actually need rather than just lifting and shift it, uh, doing the lift and shift that will basically bring everything you had on that virtual machine, including the garbage and things that are not desired, they will end up in the cloud as well. So that's the worst scenario you can actually do.
0: So uh, in that case, like we just spoke about uh, how it works for the people who are moving into Asia. Then um, I would also like to know, uh, currently in the market, which specific domains are more into the CF category, who are adopting this more?
1: Well, um, currently we are seeing a lot of traffic there. A, a lot of companies are there. Now when we look at the cloud adoption in general we've seen that small companies were more inclined to do that in the past and um, they also rushed to the cloud they didn't have any any proper uh, proper way of doing things and they desperately needed cloud adoption framework because it was a jungle out there and, and they had no no control over their uh, environment um compared to, to them uh enterprise companies uh are more um, careful when doing stuff right so there are uh, a lot of enterprise companies are stepping into the cloud a lot of them use it in some extent, but uh, um, they also are relying to build a cloud adoption framework before doing anything serious so i, I think everyone And and, uh, all the industries, all the sizes of organizations are working around it. I just think the motivation and the way they do it is a little bit different. As I said, smaller companies are already there, but it's a mess. So they need Cloud adoption Framework to fix them, to help them gain control of what they have. Whereas um, enterprise organizations are more focused on creating cloud adoption framework before they begin their journey and, 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 and put in, start putting serious workloads, uh, workloads that their dep- business depends on uh, in, in the cloud.
0: So, so that's, that's a lot of information that we have for the domains that are using it. And I would also like to understand if there are any tools that would contribute to the specific uh, cloud uh, adoption framework?
1: Yeah, there, there, there are several things that can help you. Uh, to, to, to address that question, I need to take a step back and, and, and look at a couple of steps that we need to do for the good cloud adoption framework uh, adoption. Uh, so cloud adoption framework, if you we, if we want to do things the right way, we need to define a strategy. Uh, We need to define why are we going to the cloud to begin with? What is our business justification? Because I've seen it many times that companies just decide to go to the cloud. They said, okay, everyone is doing this. Let's go. Let's move. Let's do it ourselves. Uh, And then it fails because you don't have a a, a good, solid understanding of what what you're doing and why you're doing it it's doing it for in in the first place so with the cloud of framework uh, we need to understand what is our business justification what are the issues that we are trying to resolve and how will we resolve those issues by moving to the cloud it can be many different things like cloud offers so much possibilities but we need to be aware what are those possibilities and and, and understand how they can help us improve our business and then when we know what what we are trying to achieve and we have expected outcomes, it's 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 a good strategy and and a good move to go to the cloud. But it doesn't end there. We need to have a proper plan. How are we going to do it? How are we doing this? And and how should we align all our uh, uh, plans and outcomes? What, 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 how to do it? We also need to get ready. Just moving stuff to the cloud is 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 is, is uh, is is going to be a fail if we don't have everything ready to begin with we need to get people ready we need to upskill our uh, our, our people so is when we decide to go to the cloud is our it department ready do they know how to use cloud do uh, do they have any cloud skills it's very important it's also important to address uh, processes and and changes and everything because How we did things in the on-prem data center and how we're doing it in the cloud is going to be very different so we need to adjust our processes to reflect cloud way of doing things and then we can start discussing adoption phase where we migrate innovate how do we implement those things and finally at the end we need to have have ability to govern and manage everything that is in our cloud so to achieve those goals uh, there are several very cool tools from for, for Microsoft that we can use. First one will be Cloud Journey Tracker that uh, can help you identify your cloud adoption needs and uh, uh, give you some kind of recommendations on what you need to do. There's also Strategic Migration Assessment and Readiness Tool to uh, help you get prepared how to implement cloud migration at scale, how to how to uh, uh adjust your journey and finally we have a governance benchmark that can help you identify where are your gaps what do you need to improve in order to have a full uh, governance and, and and ability to manage your your cloud cloud uh, environments okay
0: so uh that's that's a lot of information that we had for the podcast regarding the uh, uh, Azure CF, its implementation uses, and where it's been uh, uh, very accurate for your adoption framework. Yeah. And then followed by that, we also got to know that you are uh, an author of an award winning book. Uh, can you just explain us about your book? Can you give an intro about it?
1: My author career started a few years back uh, when I got a proposition to do. Uh, a book uh, that was called Hands-On Cloud Administration in Azure. Uh, And it was a a huge success and it gave me a huge uh, push uh, and and motivation to continue doing that, Um, to continue writing, to continue uh, uh, publishing stuff. Uh, And so far I did nine books, uh, all of them about cloud computing, uh, about Azure, uh, Microsoft Azure uh, in, in general um, one of the one of few successes like what, probably the biggest success I had out of those nine nine books was my Asian networking cookbook uh, that was uh, initially it was published by sorry publishing but after some point it was uh, uh, publishing rights were uh, acquired by Microsoft. Uh, who gave the book out for a free download and uh, it has tens of thousands of downloads so far and it was also translated to 15 different languages.
0: Brilliant, brilliant work uh, Mustafa. It's nice to hear that and also uh, we would like to understand you are an experienced techie along with art being an author providing so much information to the community. What would be the uh, your, your single tip that you would give to the uh, beginners who are entering into Azure. It can be anything uh, related to Azure CAF or in general about Azure.
1: Oh, okay, so um, one thing that I would, I, that's a tough one. I, I, I would probably be able, it would be easier to, to do a list, but take opportunity to to uh, take opportunity of all the online materials that you t- today have back in the day when i started my it career things were quite different and uh, online stuff was not that available uh, overall and uh, uh, if you wanted to do something it was basically very hard to come by by materials it was usually acquiring some book with five, 600 pages that you need to go through and and, 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 and figure things out. Today, there's uh, so many materials available. So take advantage of that. Continue learning and, and never stop, because that's one thing in the IT. You can never stop. Whatever you learn today, it might become obsolete tomorrow, and you need to keep pushing and learning all the time. Mm.
0: Yeah, So, uh, we would also like to know about your um, interest on this MVP journey. So, what inspired you to bring this particular journey in place?
1: Well, to be honest, it's not something I planned. um, And I think that's the only way you can be a a successful MVP over the years. Um, I enjoy doing... Stuff for the community. I enjoyed sharing my knowledge, my experience, uh, stuff I did. Uh, so I started uh, writing blogs, started speaking at local events, and it kind of grew from there. Uh, Microsoft MVP is is a community award. It's uh, it's yeah. awarded for your community contribution to for helping community. And I think that's uh, my passion for community. Uh, was that big that I contributed enough to to, to be awarded MVP uh, for the first time and it just continued ever since. And I've never planned to stop that part. Even if I'm not MVP tomorrow, I would continue doing what I'm doing. I would still speak at the conferences. I would still share my knowledge, still share my experience with others. And that's the only way I, I know how to do it.
0: That's the amount of energy you translated to the audience as well. That's That was an amazing session with you, Mustafa. Very brilliantly put uh, what, what, what was needed for the audience, very crisp and clear. I was very happy to host you on the show. I had a wonderful talk with you.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure being here.